Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah Most Gracious Most Merciful Answers to non-Muslims Common Questions about Islam This book will be covering polygamy Veil Hijab Spread by sword Fundamentalist Non-vegetarian Food Alcohol Pork Life after death, sects, kafir. This book has been written by Dr. Zakir Naik. <coughs> Introduction Dawah is a duty. Most Muslims know that Islam is a universal religion meant for all humankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord of the entire universe and Muslims have been entrusted with the duty of conveying his message to all mankind or to all humankind. Alas, most Muslims today have become callous towards this duty. While accepting Islam as the best way of life for ourselves, most of us are unwilling to share this knowledge with those to whom the message has not yet been conveyed. The Arabic word da'wah means a call or an invitation. In Islamic context, it means to strive for the propagation of Islam. The glorious Quran says, Ah, who is more unjust than those who conceal the testimony they have from Allah? But Allah is not unmindful of what ye do. Al-Quran chapter 2 verse 140. 20 most common questions in order to convey the message of Islam dialogue and debate become inevitable the glorious Quran says invite all to the way of dialogue with wisdom and beautiful preaching and argue with them in ways that are best and most gracious in conveying the message of Islam to a non-Muslim it is usually not sufficient to highlight only the positive nature of Islam most non-Muslims are not convinced about the truth of Islam because there are a few questions about Islam at the back of their minds that remained unanswered. That remain unanswered. They may agree with your contentions about the positive nature of Islam, but in the same breath they will say, "Ah, but you are the same Muslims who marry more than one woman. You are the same people who subjugate women by keeping them behind the veil. You are fundamentalists, etc." I personally prefer asking the non-Muslim up front what he feels is wrong in Islam. With their limited knowledge, whether right or wrong, from whichever source it may be, I prefer asking directly what they feel is wrong in Islam. I encourage them to be very frank and open and convince them that I can take criticism about Islam. I encourage them to be very frank and open and convince them that I can take criticism about Islam. In the past few years of my da'wah experience, I have realized that there are barely 20 most common questions that a common non-Muslim has regarding Islam. Whenever you ask a non-Muslim, what do Islam, <coughs> what do Islam, whenever you ask a non-Muslim, what do you feel 
Again, I will repeat that whenever you ask a non-Muslim, what do you feel is wrong in Islam? He poses five or six questions, and these questions invariably fall among the 20 most common questions. Whenever you ask a non-Muslim, what do you feel is wrong in Islam? He poses five or six questions, and these questions invariably fall among the 20 most common questions. Logical replies can convince the majority. The 20 most common questions about Islam can be answered with reason and logic. A majority of non-Muslims can be convinced with these answers. If a Muslim memorizes or simply remembers these answers, inshallah he will be successful. If not in convincing non-Muslims about the complete truth of Islam, then at least in removing misconceptions about Islam and neutralizing the negative thinking about Islam and Muslims that the non-Muslims have. Very few non-Muslims may have counter-arguments to these replies, for which further information may be required. Misconceptions due to media The common misconceptions about Islam arise in the minds of a majority of non-Muslims because they are constantly being bombarded with misinformation about Islam. International media is mainly controlled by the Western world, whether it is international satellite channels, radio stations, newspapers, magazines, or books. Recently, the Internet has become a powerful medium of information. Though it is not controlled by anybody, one finds a large amount of virulent propaganda about Islam on the Internet. Of course, Muslims, too, are utilizing this tool to portray the right image of Islam and Muslims, but they are far behind as compared to the propaganda against Islam. I hope the efforts by the Muslims will increase and continue to be pursued. Misconceptions change with time. The most common questions about Islam are different in different periods and eras. This set of 20 most common questions is based on present times. Decades earlier, the set of questions was different and decades later, too, the set of questions may change depending upon how Islam is projected by the media. Misconceptions are the same throughout the world. I have interacted with people in different parts of the world and have found these 20 most common questions about Islam to be the same everywhere. There may be a couple of additional questions depending upon the locale, the surrounding, or culture. For instance, in America, the additional common question is, why does Islam prohibit taking and giving of interest? I have concluded, or I have included among these 20 most common questions, certain questions more common among the Indian non-Muslims. For instance, why do Muslims have non-vegetarian food? The reason for including such questions is that people of Indian origin are spread throughout the world and constitute about 20% i.e. one-fifth of the world population. Thus, their questions become common questions asked by non-Muslims throughout the world. <coughs> Misconceptions of non-Muslims who have studied Islam There are many non-Muslims who have studied Islam. Most of them have only read books on Islam written by biased critics of Islam. These non-Muslims have an additional set of 20 common misconceptions about Islam. For instance, they claim to have found contradictions in the Qur'an, 
they contend that the Quran is unscientific, etc. There is another set of additional replies clearing these 20 misconceptions among non-Muslims who have studied Islam from distorted sources. I have also given the replies to 20 additional less common questions among the non-Muslims. Common questions about Islam. Question 1. <coughs> Polygamy. Question. Why is a man allowed to have more than one wife in Islam? Answer. 1. Definition of polygamy. Polygamy means a system of marriage whereby one person has more than one spouse. Polygamy can be of two types. One is polygyny, where a man marries more than one woman, and the other is polyandry, where a woman marries more than one man. In Islam, limited polygyny is permitted, whereas polyandry is completely prohibited. Now coming to the original question, why is a man allowed to have more than one wife? Two, the Quran is the only religious scripture in the world that says, marry only one. The Qur'an is the only religious book on the face of the earth that contains the phrase, marry only one. There is no other religious book that instructs men to have only one wife. In none of the other religious scriptures, whether it be the Vedas, the Ramayana, the, the Mahabharata, the Gita, the Talmud, or the Bible, does one find a restriction on the number of wives? In none of the other religious scriptures, whether it be the Veda or the Vedas, the Ramayana, the Mahabharata, the Gita, the Talmud, or the Bible, does one find a restriction on the number of wives? According to these scriptures, one can marry as many as one wishes. It was only later that the Hindu priest and the Christian church restricted the number of wives to one. Many Hindu religious personalities, according to their scriptures, had multiple wives. King Dashrat, the father of Rama, King Dashrat, the father of Rama, and or had more than one wife. <coughs> had more than one wife. Krishna had several wives. In earlier times, Christian men were permitted as many wives as they wished, since the Bible puts no restriction on the number of wives. It was only a few centuries ago that the church restricted the number of wives to one. Polygyny is permitted in Judaism. According to Talmudic law, <coughs> Abraham had three wives, and Solomon had hundreds of wives. The practice of polygyny continued till Rabbi uh, Girishom bin Yehuda, Girishom bin Yehuda, 960 CE to 1 or 1030 CE or 1030 CE issued an edict against it. The Jewish uh, sporadic communities living in Muslim countries continued the practice till as late as 1950. 
until an act of the chief rabbinate of Israel extended the ban on marrying more than one wife. 3. Hindus are more polygynous than Muslims. The report of the Committee of the Status of Women in Islam, published in 1975, mentions on page number 66 and 67 that the percentage of polygamous marriages between the years 1950 and 1961 was 5.6% among the Hindus and only 4.31% among the Muslims. According to Indian law, only Muslim men are permitted to have more than one wife. It is illegal for any non-Muslim in India to have more than one wife. Despite it being illegal, Hindus have more multiple wives as compared to Muslims. Earlier, there was no restriction even on Hindu men with respect to the number of wives allowed. It was only in 1954 when the Hindu Marriage Act was passed that it became illegal for, Hindu, for a Hindu to have more than one wife. At present, it is the Indian law that restricts a Hindu man from having more than one wife and not the Hindu scriptures. Let us now analyze why Islam allows a man to have more than one wife. 4. Quran permits limited polygyny. As I mentioned earlier, Quran is the only religious book on the face of the earth that says marry only one. The context of this phrase is the following verse from Surat An-Nisa of the Glorious Quran. Marry woman of your choice, marry woman of your choice two or three or four, but if you fear that you shall not be able to deal justly with them, then only one. Al-Quran chapter 4 verse 3 Before the Quran was revealed, there was no upper limit for polygyny and many men had scores of wives, some even hundreds. Islam put an upper limit of four wives. Islam gives a man permission to marry two, three or four women only on the condition that he deals justly with them. In the same chapter, i.e. Surah An-Nisa verse 129 says, Ye are never able to be fair and just as between women. Al-Quran chapter 4 verse 129 Therefore polygyny is not a rule but an exception. Many people are under the misconception that it is compulsory for a Muslim man to have more than one wife. Broadly speaking, or broadly, Islam has five categories of do's and don'ts. One, farv, i.e. compulsory or obligatory. Two, mustahab i.e. recommended or encouraged. 3. Mubah, i.e. permissible or allowed. 4. Makruh, i.e. not recommended or discouraged. And lastly, 5. Haram, i.e. prohibited or forbidden. Polygyny falls in the middle category of things that are permissible. It cannot be said that a Muslim who has 2, 3 or 4 wives is a better Muslim as compared to a Muslim who has only one wife. 5. Average lifespan of females is more than that of males. By nature, males and females are born in approximately the same ratio. A female child has more immunity than a male child. A female child can fight the germs and diseases better than the male child. For this reason, during the pediatric age itself. There are more deaths among males as compared to the females. 
During wars, there are more men killed as compared to women. More men die due to accidents and diseases than women. The average lifespan of females is more than that of males. And at any given time, one finds more widows in the world than widowers. 6. India has more male population than female due to female uh, feticide and infanticide. India is one of the few countries along with the other neighboring countries in which the female population is less than the male population. The reason lies in the high rate of female feticide and infanticide in India and the fact that more than 1 million female fetuses are aborted every year in this country after they are identified as females. If this evil practice is stopped, then India too will have more females as compared to males. 7. World female population is more than male population. In the USA, women outnumber men by 7.8 million New York uh, alone has 1 million. Again, in the USA, women outnumber men by 7.8 million. New York alone has 1 million more females as compared to the number of males. And of the male population of New York, one-third are gays, i.e. sodomites. The USA as a whole has more than 25 million gays. This means that these people do not wish to marry women. Great Britain, 4 million more females as, uh, as, compared, as compared to males. Germany has 5 million more females as compared to males. Russia has 9 million more females than males. God alone knows how many million more females there are in the whole world as compared to males. 8. Restricting each and every man to have only one wife is not practical. Even if every man got married to one ma woman, even if every man got married to one woman, there would still be more than 30 million females in USA who would not be able to get husbands, considering that America has 25 million gays. There would be more than 4 million females in Great Britain, 5 million females in Germany and 9 million females in Russia alone who would not be able to find a husband. Suppose my sister happens to be one of the unmarried women living in USA or suppose your sister happens to be one of the unmarried women in USA. The only two options remaining for her are that she either marries a man who already has a wife or becomes public property. There is no other option. All these or all those, all those who are modest will opt for the first. In Western society, it is common for a man to have mistresses and or multiple extramarital affairs, in which case the woman leads a disgraceful and unprotected life. The same society, however, cannot accept a man having more than one wife, in which women retain their honorable, dignified position in society and lead a protected life. Thus, the only two options before a woman who cannot find a husband is to marry a married man or to become public property. Islam prefers giving women the honorable position by permitting the first option and disallowing the second. There are several other reasons why Islam has permitted limited polygyny, but it is mainly to protect the modesty of women. Alhamdulillah. Two.
polyandry. To polyandry. If a man, the question, if a man is allowed to have more than one wife, then what does Islam, why does Islam, if a man is allowed to have more than one wife, then why does Islam prohibit a woman from having more than one husband? Answer. A lot of people, including some Muslims, question the logic of allowing Muslim men to have more than one spouse while denying the same right to women. Let me first state emphatically that the foundation of an Islamic society is justice and equity. Let me first state emphatically that the foundation of an Islamic society is justice and equity. Allah has created men and women as equal but with different capabilities and different responsibilities. Men and women are different physiologically and psychologically. The roles and responsibilities are different. Men and women are equal in Islam, but not identical. Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verses 22 to 24 gives the list of women with who or with whom you cannot marry and it it is further mentioned in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 24, also prohibited are women already married. The following points enumerate the reasons why polyandry is prohibited in Islam. One, if a man has more than one wife, the parents of the children born of such marriages can easily be identified. The father as well as the mother can easily be identified. In case of a woman marrying more than one husband, only the mother of the children born of such marriages will be identified and not the father. <coughs> Islam gives a tremendous importance to the identification of both parents, mother and father. Psychologists tell us that children who do not know their parents, especially their father, undergo severe mental trauma and disturbances. Often they have an unhappy childhood. It is for this reason that the children of prostitutes do not have a healthy childhood. If a child born of such wedlock is admitted in a school, and when the mother is asked the name of the father, she would have to give two or more names. I am aware that recent advances in science have made it possible for both the mother and the father to be identified with the help of genetic testing. Thus, this point, which was applicable for the past, may not be applicable for the present. Two, two, man is more polygamous by nature as compared to a woman. Three, biologically it is easier for a man to perform his duties as a husband despite having several wives. A woman in a similar position, having several husbands, will not find it possible to perform her duties as a wife. A woman undergoes several psychological and behavioral changes due to different phases of the menstrual cycle. For a woman who has more than one husband, will <coughs> a woman who has who has more than one husband will have several sexual partners at the same time and has a high chance of acquiring venereal or sexually transmitted diseases, which can also be transmitted back to her husband, even if all of them have no extramarital sex. This is not the case in a man having more than one wife, and none of them 
having extramarital sex. <coughs> the above reasons are those that one can easily identify. There are probably many more reasons why Allah in His infinite wisdom has prohibited polyandry. 3. Hijab for women Question. Why does Islam degrade women by keeping them behind the veil? Answer. The status of women in Islam is often the target of attacks in the secular media. The hijab or the Islamic address is cited by many as an example of the subjugation of women under Islamic law. Before we analyze the reasoning behind the religiously mandated hijab, let us first study the status of women in societies before the advent of Islam. 1. In the past, women were degraded and used as objects of lust. The following examples from history amply illustrate the fact that the status or the status of women in earlier civilizations was very low to the extent that they were denied basic human dignity. 1. Babylonian civilization. The women were degraded and were denied all rights under the Babylonian law. If a man murdered a woman instead of him being punished, his wife was put to death. <coughs> if a man murdered a woman instead of him being punished, his wife was put to death. To Greek civilization. Greek civilization is considered the most glorious of all ancient civilizations. Under this very glorious system, women were deprived of all rights and were looked down upon. In a Greek mythology, an imaginary woman called Pandora is the root cause of misfortune of human beings. The Greeks considered women to be subhuman and inferior to men, though chastity of women was precious and women were held in high esteem, the Greeks were later overwhelmed by ego and sexual perversions. Prostitutions became a regular practice amongst all classes of Greek society. 3. Roman Civilization When Roman civilization was at the zenith of its glory, a man even had the right to take the life of his wife. Prostitution and nudity were common amongst the Romans. 4. Egyptian Civilization The Egyptians considered women evil and as a sign of a devil. 5. Pre-Islamic Arabia Before Islam spread in Arabia, the Arabs looked down upon women and very often when a female child was born, she was buried alive. 2. Islam uplifted women and gave them equality and expects them to maintain their status. Islam uplifted the status of women and it granted them their just rights 1400 years ago. Islam expects women to maintain their status. <coughs> hijab for men. People usually only discuss hijab in the context of women. However, in the glorious Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala glorified is he, first mentions hijab for men before hijab for women. The Quran mentions in Surah An-Nur, say to the believing men that they should lower their gaze and guard their modesty. 
that will make for greater purity for them. And Allah is well acquainted with all that you do. Al-Quran chapter 24 verse 30. The moment a man looks at a woman and if any brazen or unashamed thought comes to his mind, he should lower his gaze. Hijab for woman. The next verse of Surah An-Nur says, And say to the believing woman that they should lower their gaze and guard their chastity or and guard their modesty and guard their modesty that they should not display their beauty and ornaments except what must ordinarily appear thereof that they should draw veils over their bosoms and not display their beauty except to their husbands their fathers their husbands fathers their sons Al-Quran chapter 24 verse 31 <coughs> 3. Six criteria for hijab According to Quran and Sunnah, there are basically six criteria for observing hijab. One, extent. The first criterion is the extent of the body that should be covered. This is different for men and women. The extent of covering obligatory on the male is to cover the body at least from the navel to the knees. For women, the extent of covering obligatory is to cover the complete body except the face and the hands up to the wrist. If they wish to, they can cover even these parts of the body. Some scholars of Islam insist that the face and the hands are part of the obligatory extent of hijab. All the remaining five criteria are the same for men and women. <coughs> Two, the clothes worn should be loose and should not reveal the figure. Three, the clothes worn should not be transparent or translucent such that one can see through them. Four, the clothes worn should not be so glamorous as to attract the opposite sex. Five, the clothes worn should not resemble that of the opposite sex. Six, the clothes worn should not resemble that of the unbelievers, i.e. they should not wear clothes that are specifically identities or symbols of the unbelievers' religions. Four, hijab includes conduct and behavior, among other things. Complete hijab, besides the six criteria of clothing, also includes the moral conduct, behavior, attitude, and intention of the individual. A person only fulfilling the criteria of hijab of the clothes is observing hijab in a limited sense. Hijab of the clothes should be accompanied by hijab of the eyes, hijab of the heart, hijab of the thought, and hijab of the intention. It also includes the way a person walks, the way a person talks, the way he behaves, etc. 5. Hijab prevents molestation. The reason why hijab is prescribed for women is mentioned in the Quran in the following verse of Surah Al-Ahzab. O Prophet, tell thy wives and daughters and the believing woman that they should cast their outer garments over their persons when abroad. That is most convenient that they should be known as such and not molested and Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. The Quran says that hijab has been prescribed for the women so that they are recognized as modest women 
and this will also prevent them from being molested. Sixth example of twin sisters. Suppose two sisters who are twins and who are equally beautiful walk down the street. One of them is attired in the Islamic hijab, i.e. the complete body is covered except for the face and the hands up to the wrist. The other sister is wearing western clothes, a miniskirt or shorts. Just around the corner there is a hooligan or ruffian who is waiting for a catch to tease a girl. Whom will he tease? The girl wearing the Islamic hijab or the girl wearing the skirt or the miniskirt? Naturally, he will tease the girl wearing the skirt or the miniskirt. Such dresses are an indirect invitation to the opposite sex for teasing and molestation. The Quran rightly says that hijab prevents women from being molested. 7. Capital punishment for the rapist. Under the Islamic Sharia, a man convicted of having raped a woman is given capital punishment. Many are astonished at this harsh sentence. Some even say that Islam is a ruthless and barbaric religion. I have asked a simple question to hundreds of non-Muslim men. Suppose, God forbid, someone rapes your wife, your mother, or your sister. You are made the judge, and the rapist is brought in front of you. What punishment would you give him? All of them said they would put him to death. Some went to the extent of saying they would torture him to death. To them I ask, if someone rapes your wife or your mother, you want to put him to death. But if the same crime is committed on somebody else's wife or daughter, you say capital punishment is barbaric. Why should there be double standards? 8. Western society falsely claims to have uplifted women. Western talk of women's liberation or Western talk of women's liberalization is nothing but a disguised form of exploitation of her body, degradation of her soul, and deprivation of her honor. Western society claims to have uplifted women. On the contrary, it has actually degraded them to the status of concubines, mistresses, and society butterflies who are mere tools in the hands of pleasure seekers and sex marketeers hidden behind the colorful screen of art and culture. 9. USA has one of the highest rates of rape. United States of America is supposed to be one of the most advanced countries in the, in the world. United States of America is supposed to be one of the most advanced countries of the world. It also has one of the highest rates of rape in any country in the world. According to an FBI report, in the year 1990, every day, on an average, 1,756 rapes were committed in USA alone. Again, according to an FBI report in the year 1990, every day, every day, on an average, 1,756 rapes were committed in USA alone. Later, another report said that on an average every day, 1,900 rapes are committed in USA. The year was not mentioned. Maybe it was 1992 or 1993. Maybe the Americans got bolder in the following years. Consider a scenario where the Islamic hijab is followed in America. Whenever a man looks at a woman and any brazen or unashamed thought, 
comes to his mind, the lower he lowers his gaze. Every woman wears the Islamic hijab, that is, the complete body is covered except the face and the hands, up to the wrist. After this, if any man commits rape, he is given capital punishment. I ask you, in such a scenario, will the rate of rape in America increase? Will it remain the same or will it decrease? 10. Implementation of Islamic Sharia will reduce the rate of rapes. Naturally, as soon as Islamic Sharia is implemented, positive results will be inevitable. If Islamic Sharia is implemented in any part of the world, whether it is America or Europe, society will breathe easier. Hijab does not degrade a woman, but uplifts a woman and protects her modesty and chastity. Alhamdulillah. Question 4. Why Islam spirit by the sword? <coughs> or theme 4. Why Islam spirit by the sword? Question. How can Islam be called the religion of peace when it was spread by the sword? This is an often repeated question through the history. Answer. It is a common complaint among some non-Muslims that Islam would not have millions of adherents all over the world if it had not been spread by the use of force. The following points will make it clear that far from being spread by the sword, it was an inherent force of truth, reason and logic that was responsible for the rapid spread of Islam. 1. Islam means peace. Islam comes from the root word salam, which means peace. It also means submitting one's will to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, glorified is he. Thus, Islam is a religion of peace, which is acquired by submitting one's will to the will of the Supreme Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two, sometimes force has to be used to maintain peace. Each and every human being in this world is not in favor of maintaining peace uh, and harmony. Each and every human being in this world is not in favor of maintaining peace and harmony. There are many who would disrupt it for their own vested interest. Sometimes force has to be used to maintain peace. It is precisely for this reason that we have the police who use force against criminals and antisocial elements to maintain peace in the country. Islam promotes peace. At the same time, Islam exhorts its followers to fight where there is oppression the fight against oppression may at times require the use of force. In Islam, force can only be used to promote peace and justice. <coughs> Three, opinion of historian Delacy O'Leary. Opinion of historian Delacy O'Leary. The best reply to the misconception that Islam was spread by the sword is given by the noted historian Delacy O'Leary in the book Islam at the Crossroad, page 8. He says, History makes it clear, however, that the legend, history makes it clear, however, that the legend of fanatical Muslims sweeping through the world and forcing Islam at the point of the sword upon conquered races is one of the most fantastically absurd myths that historians have ever repeated. 4. Muslims ruled Spain for 800 years. Muslims ruled Spain for about 800 years. 
the Muslims in Spain never use a sword to force the people to convert. Later, the Christian crusaders came to Spain and wiped out the Muslims. There was not a single Muslim in Spain who could openly give the Adhan. That is the call for prayers. <coughs> Five, 14 million Arabs are Coptic Christians. Muslims were the lords of Arabia for 1400 years. For a few years, the British ruled, and for a few years, the French ruled. Overall, the Muslims ruled Arabia for 1400 years. Yet today, there are 14 million Arabs who are Coptic Christians, i.e. Christians since generations. If the Muslims had used the sword, there would not have been a single Arab who would have remained a Christian. 6. More than 80% non-Muslims in India The Muslims ruled India for about a thousand years. If they wanted, they had the power of converting, of converting each and every non-Muslim of India to Islam. Today, more than 80% of the population of India are non-Muslims. All these non-Muslim Indians are bearing witness today that Islam was not spread by the sword. 7. Indonesia and Malaysia <coughs> Indonesia is a country that has the maximum number of Muslims in the world. The majority of people in Malaysia are Muslims. May one ask, which Muslim army went to Indonesia and Malaysia? 8. East Coast of Africa Similarly, Islam has spread rapidly on the east coast of Africa. One may again ask, if Islam was spread by the sword, which Muslim army went to the east coast of Africa? 9. Thomas Carlyle Thomas Carlyle The famous historian Thomas Carlyle, in his book Heroes and Hero Worship, refers to this misconception about the spread, the spread of Islam. The sword indeed... The sword indeed, but where will you get your sword? He says, the sword indeed, but where will you get your sword? Every new opinion at its starting, every new opinion at its starting is precisely in a minority of one. Every new opinion at its starting is precisely in a minority of one. In one man's head alone, there it dwells as yet. One man alone of the whole world believes it. There is one man against all men that he takes a sword and try to propagate with it. With that will do little for him. You must first get your sword. On the whole, a thing will propagate itself as it can. Again, I will repeat that because it doesn't seem to be very clear to me. The sword indeed, but where will you get your sword? Every new opinion at its starting is precisely in a minority of one. In one man's head alone, there it, it dwells as yet. One man alone of the whole world believes it. There is one man against all men that he takes a sword and try to propagate with that will do little for him. You must first get your sword. On the whole, a thing will propagate itself as it can. 10. No compulsion in religion. With which sword was Islam spread? Even if Muslims had it, they could not use it to spread Islam because the Quran says in the following verse, 
Let there be no compulsion in religion. Truth stands out clear from error. Al-Quran, chapter 2, verse 256. 11. Sword of the intellect. It is the sword of intellect, the sword that conquers the hearts and minds of people. The Quran says in Surah An-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 125, Invite all to the way of thy Lord with wisdom and a beautiful preaching, and argue with them in ways that are best and most gracious. <coughs> 12. Increase in the word religions from 1934 to 1984. An article in Reader's Digest Almanac, Yearbook 1986, gave the statistics of the increase of percentage of the major religions of the world in half a century, from 1934 to 1984. This article also appeared in the Plain Truth magazine. At the top was Islam, which increased by 235%, and Christianity had increased only by 47%. May one ask which war took place in this century which converted millions of people to Islam? 13. Islam is the fastest growing religion in America and Europe. Today, the fastest growing religion in America is Islam. The fastest growing religion in Europe is Islam. Which sort is forcing people in the West to accept Islam in such large numbers? 14. Dr. Joseph Adam Pearson. Dr. Joseph Adam Pearson rightly says, People who worry that nuclear weaponry, people who worry that nuclear weaponry will one day fall in the hands of the Arabs fail to realize that the Islamic bomb has been dropped already. It fell the day Muhammad, peace be upon him, was born. Alhamdulillah.